Okay, thanks very much. Um, uh, thank you to all of you for uh, st staying on, lasting the course to this very last uh, moment of uh, the day's uh, proceedings. Can you can you hear me at the back? If I speak like this, it's clear. Okay. Um, well, uh, what I'm going to do this this afternoon um, is, as you can as you can see, talk a bit about. Um, <clears throat> how uh, the Welsh Government, uh, particularly in the period since 1999, when UK devolution established a uh, separate uh, government in Wales, to look at the sorts of policies that have been uh, pursued. Uh, <clears throat> and I think, in a sense, that's, in the case of Wales, that's quite an important point to start with because um, for much of the period up until uh, 1999, of course the, the England and Wales educational systems right from you know the, the very beginning in preschool provision right the way through to higher education was kind of very much integrated. So there's a sense in which the changes that have taken place in Wales as a consequence of devolution have actually been greater than in, I think, Scotland and Northern Ireland, because in those, in those countries, the extent of separation from England was, in a sense, already much, much greater than it was uh, in Wales, uh, as I say, prior to uh, devolution. So what I want to do then is um, all Welsh sermons have three parts. So uh, I'm following that um, tried and tested pattern. Um, I'm going to begin uh, <coughs> by telling you a little bit about the sorts of the, the policy uh, framework for higher education that has been developed, as I say, particularly in the last uh, decade and a half or so. Then I want to draw on <coughs> some uh, empirical evidence uh, drawn from uh, an ESRC project that I'll say a little bit more about uh, later on. And then I want to end up by, I suppose, well, as I say, reflecting a bit on the implications of this Welsh example for wider issues that relate to um, how higher education and access to higher education is conceived, is conceptualized within the uh, social democratic uh, tradition. And I mean, in terms of relating what I'm going to say to the, uh, the previous uh, speakers, uh, certainly I think that <coughs> what I say will echo some of what Sheila said about uh, Scotland in terms of a kind of dissonance between, if you like, a, a policy discourse and a, a, a reality of, uh, uh, a, 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 on, on, on the ground uh, reality, which also echoes, of course, what uh, Ruth was saying um, about uh, Northern Ireland. So the first point to make is that, uh, and it's a very basic one, I know, but it's important to uh, emphasize, I think, and that is very straightforwardly, that progressively over the period um, of its existence, the Welsh government has developed a set of policies 
that have become increasingly distinct, increasingly different from those followed not simply in England, but also from the other two countries of the UK as well. And um, if we take the, the current situation, as I say, this has developed over time, so it's not true of every, every period, every year, if one were to uh, look back through the devolution, the parliamentary devolution period, but certainly if we take the current state of affairs, then um, we can identify, I think, a number of ways in which the Welsh Government has adopted uh, a, a, a distinctive position. Most famously, most well known, in terms of student finance, for uh, at least for uh, undergraduate uh, students. Um, so, for example, um, the Welsh Government subsidises um, Welsh resident undergraduate students in terms of their fees, irrespective of whether they attend a university within Wales or elsewhere in the UK. So that when uh, the top-up fees were introduced, the Welsh Government's decision was that the difference between the then existing fees level and the current, whatever the current, you know, up to 9,000 is, the difference would be borne by the, uh, by the Welsh uh, Government. Um, there are also other differences. Um, the Welsh Government is more generous in terms of its um, maintenance grants and loans and the conditions on which they are available, although those are all means-tested, the fee subsidy is not means-tested. The fee subsidy applies to all, all students. But there are other aspects as well that um, uh, distinguish what happens in Wales at the moment with what happens elsewhere. It's um, approach to widening access initiatives, are somewhat different from other parts of the uh, UK. The use of annual fees plans that uh, each university has to produce, which uh, has to specify the ways in which they are going to achieve widening access targets. If that plan is not satisfactory, then the, uh, the funding council in Wales can say, well, you can't charge up to £9,000. You must reduce the level of uh, fees. Um, another difference <coughs> is that the widening access initiatives have been particularly, not exclusively, but particularly focused in Wales on areas of um, uh, social and economic disadvantage as defined through the index of multiple deprivation, quite similar to the pattern in Scotland, but even more, I think, closely defined in terms of the nature of the areas, so-called communities first areas. Communities first is a major anti-poverty programme run uh, by the uh, Welsh Government and um, <coughs> people who are resident in communities first areas, which are defined in terms of 
their, their level on the index of multiple deprivation, then their access is um, prioritized in terms of entry to HE and so on. Finally, um, and, and there's, there's more I could, I could say about this, obviously, the Welsh Government has adopted, uh, I think, a distinctively kind of either dirigiste sort of approach towards insti the institutional structures of um, higher education in Wales, not only with regard to overall patterns of um, provision, the regulation um, of student numbers, but also the regulation of student numbers within particular subject um, areas. And it's also been very proactive in its promotion of institutional mergers in the face of um, an institutional structure where there were large number, a lar relatively large number, proportionately a large number of relatively small institutions. They pursued a policy of um, promoting institutional institutional uh, merger. Um, some of us would say with only limited success, but nevertheless, there, there have been an awful lot of uh, mergers. And similarly, with regard to um, its active intervention in the promotion of relationships between further and higher education. And I can say more about that if you want me to uh, in uh, questions. The final point that I would make is that the Welsh Government has also um, adopted a, a very uh, proactive role with regard to the um, the organization of research activity within universities and has um, adopted a particular a particularly active strategy with regard to the promotion of the types of research which it the Welsh government regards as being very um, most closely related to the promotion of economic development. Economic development, of course, sorely needed in the case of Wales, with a, you know, on just about every economic index you can think of is about 25% below the uh, UK uh, average. So, you know, if you take GDP per capita or whatever you want to take. So, that there's a sense in which one can understand why the Welsh Government has um, adopted that sort of approach, but it is nevertheless um, distinctive. Now, what sense can we make of that description? Well, it seems to me that um, there is a real sense in which um, the sorts of policies that have been adopted by the Welsh Government reflect its political character. That the, as in other areas of policy, it's not surprising, I guess, that it's uh, the approach that it has adopted towards um, towards higher education ha has fallen within what I would argue is a broadly broadly social democratic um, agenda, and that is reflected 
and again, there's a great deal more that to be said about this, but for simplicity's sake, it seems to me that that is um, clearly reflected in some of the policies that I've just described on the, on the previous uh, slide, like the subsidization of student fees, where the, and it's not simply the, 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 the fact of the subsidy, but also the terms in which the subsidy has been justified. So, for example, if you take the, um, the statement made by the then uh, Minister um, of, for Education in the National Assembly when the announcement was made, look, no, the policies in England, they're going to go with Brown and introduce top-up fees. In Wales, we're going to have a different sort of approach. If you look at that statement, as you know, to exemplify this, the point that I'm making in terms of the if the nature of the of the rationale, the nature of the the discursive nature, if you like, of the, uh, the of the policy, then two elements are clearly emphasised. The first is that we need to subsidise students to ensure that no student is denied access to higher education by reason of their their economic circumstances. Hence, a kind of social equity sort of point. But more than that, a very explicit statement that that's basically saying, well, in England, they're going with the market, but in Wales, we don't do it like that. We believe in planning the higher education system. And that I mean, you can you can see that statement in terms of the of the, that particular announcement made by, about the the subsidisation of student fees. But if if I had time to go through the other elements, policy elements that um, I, uh, I, I I I talked about on the previous uh, slide, then similar kinds of arguments uh, could be could be made. Now, what's interesting about this is that this social democratic agenda is clearly in part attributable to the fact that every government, every Welsh administration since 1999 has been led by the Labour Party. There have been two periods in which the Labour Party has been in coalition, um, firstly with the Liberal Democrats and then uh, more latterly with Plaid Cymru. Uh, after the election in uh, May, now in 2016, there almost certainly would be another uh, coalition, but every one of them, the l largest part, the party by a country mile, has been the has been the Labour Party. And in a sense, in one sense anyway, you can you can uh, relate this broadly social democratic agenda to that very straightforward thing. What is striking, however, is that of course the other parties broadly share that social democratic agenda. Clearly. Uh, what will happen after May when UKIP get into the Assembly, uh, that things will possibly change. But certainly up until now, even the, um, the Tories in the uh, National Assembly have been much more sympathetic to this kind of approach towards higher education. They've certainly had their disagreements with the Welsh Government, but they've, they've, they've been more sympathetic to this kind of agenda than 
than certainly the um, the Westminster uh, government um, has been. Nevertheless, despite that broad political uh, consensus, nevertheless, there have been um, significant, there are currently um, significant concerns, both about the effects of the sorts of policies that have been introduced, and perhaps most crucially, about the viability of the policies that have been adopted, particularly with regard to the subsidization of student fees. So at the moment, we have a, a number, I can't, we've got so many reviews, I haven't got time, I've only got, you know, 20 minutes left, so I haven't got time to go through all the reviews that we've currently got running in Wales. The most important of them is the Diamond Review. Sheila is uh, uh, a key member of the, uh, of the uh, review uh, group, so good luck. Sheila, uh, <laughs> with that one. Um, <laughs> Diamond Review is looking at uh, student finance and is due to report um, in the autumn, safely after the uh, National Assembly elections, of course, um, <coughs> and almost certainly will produce recommendations that are about introducing means testing for the fees subsidization. The straightforward thing is that for all sorts of reasons, um, the, uh, there, there are uh, difficulties in sustaining the sort of policy that has been adopted. There are also more general issues. Um, the Welsh Government budget when it was for uh, next year, when it was first announced, um, reflecting partly, of course, you know, simply the, the nature of the, um, of, the of the devolution settlement, the operation of the Barnet formula. Don't ask me to explain the Barnet formula to you, but essentially it's how money comes from Westminster into uh, Wales. The, uh, the, the, the exigencies of those financial arrangements mean that the um, amount of money available to the Welsh Government is going down and under that pressure, when the original announcement of next year's budget was made, very substantial cut in the higher education budget was announced. And uh, a big hoo-ha about exactly how much it was, but it was big. And, um, but there was a period of consultation and presumably the vice-chancellors managed to uh, twist ministers' arms and the, the size of the cut has been reduced so that it'll be an um, 8% rather than 20 or 30 plus percent, depending on who you believe about the first, the first, uh, the first announcement. So given, um, given those sorts of concerns about these, as I would have it, social democratic policies, what is it possible to say about the effects of those policies, which in varying forms, as I've said, have been running uh, in one way or another throughout the parliamentary devolution period. Well, <clears throat> there is some evidence to suggest that entrants to higher education who live in Wales 
are drawn from some a somewhat wider range of social backgrounds than elsewhere in the UK. That's a very broad brush uh, statement, um, but certainly there, there is some evidence uh, that uh, you could uh, point to that would um, suggest that. However, and this seems to me to be the crucial issue, even if you accept that as a statement, what is much more difficult to do is actually establish any sort of relationship between that pattern of entry and anything that the Welsh Government has been doing. And clearly it would be that latter link, that's, that's the kind of, that's the, the $64,000 question in terms of trying to say something about the impact, the effects of the sorts of social democratic policies that have been um, pursued. And it's difficult to say it, to say very much about impact, either in terms of the fees regime or in terms of widening access um, initiatives that have been specifically orientated at, you know, working with young people from, in, well, Yes, particularly young people from um, disadvantaged um, areas. It's also the case. Am I supposed to finish at five two? Did you say, Anne-Marie? Uh, yeah. Oh gosh. Time flies when you're enjoying yourself, isn't it? Um, right. I better speed up. Um, um, it's also the case that work that we've done uh, in Cardiff in. Wizard, the Wales Institute for Social and Economic Research, Data and Methods. You can see why we shorten it to <laughs> Wizard. Um, work that we've done there more generally on the determinants of access to higher education suggests that if you compare the broad patterns of determinants of access to HE in Wales and compare it with the pattern of determinants in England, which is where it's the only other place that the comp comparable, um, methodologically comparable research has been done, then there's no much difference. So again, there is difficulty in um, establishing a relationship between, on the one hand, distinctive policies and on the other, distinctive outcomes, impacts. Um, I'm just going to run through very, very quickly some of the results, some of those results, which, which you, you'll recognise of the work that we've uh, done. If anybody's interested in how we get all, all these, these um, results, I can, t I can talk about it in uh, questions. Basic, basic point, educational, prior educational achievement, particularly at uh, GCSE level, is overwhelmingly the, the most important determinant of entry, certainly by young entrants, which is what this data refers to, uh, to, to um, higher education. I think it was Sheila made the point earlier on that 
if you're concerned about entry to higher education, it's no, it's no good looking just at higher education. And I know it's a, it's a, a, a well-known and well-worn point, but it's a pity that um, policymakers don't seem to cotton on to that very uh, straightforward uh, point. Once you take account of, um, of these, um, this gradient in terms of, uh, of uh, the effect of um, prior educational achievement, however, and this is all in a, this is a, this is on based on statistical modeling. So what we're doing here is, is if you like, holding educational attainment constant and then looking at the effects of all the other sorts of variables. And again, if you can, if you can read that from the back, very familiar kinds of um, relationships between individual characteristics of um, entrance and potential entrance to higher education, uh, <clears throat> but which point up quite, well, certainly statistically significant, and in fact, in most of these cases, socially significant differences um, between individuals in terms of their um, individual uh, characteristics. And remember, this is holding educational attainment constant. So um, female pupils eligible for free school meals are 21% like, uh, less likely to participate in higher education than young women with the equivalent educational qualifications who are not eligible for free school meals. <coughs> And all of these results need to be read in that, in that sort of way. Now, as I say, these kinds of, of um, relationships are based on our Welsh data. If you compare our analysis with an equivalent analysis, which was carried out in England, based on pretty much as equivalent data as you can get, then... There is, these kinds of results are very, very similar to the ones that are getting, getting in England. So despite the differences in policies, the patterns of determinants are different. Um, I'm, I hope I'm not babbling, but I'm trying to go very quickly. One thing that is, was distinctive about our analysis, which may be of, of inter more general interest to you, is that... Uh, the, uh, the form of statistical modelling that we did on our data allowed us to distinguish between in the effects of individual characteristics, gender, ethnic background, free school meals, non-free school, those kinds of factors, and, um, as it were, other types of determining factor. So here we have... Um, an analysis which, holding all those individual characteristics constant, just looks at the odds, the chances of, pu of, diff of pupils in different schools. These, this graph is actually made up of little dots. Each dot is a secondary school in Wales. And you can see that somebody in this school up here 
has a much higher chance of accessing higher education than the average, which is this horizontal line, and much, much more chance than somebody attending a school, the school down here. And remember, those pupils have the same level of educational attainment, the effect of free school meals, non-free school meals, all those individual characteristics, those are all taken out of it. So you're comparing like individuals with like individuals. And here are the odds. So we've got, that's, what does that say? 2.4, 2.4, more likely to enter higher education if you go to this school than if you go to the average school. If you go to this school, then you're whatever that is, less likely than the average. And similarly for uh, females, although you can see that actually the odds are even more uh, widely uh, dispersed. So um, institutions also have an effect. Again, it re-emphasizes the point that looking at access to higher education as uh, something that is the business of universities and other higher education or other institutions which offer, provide higher education is um, extremely, uh, an extremely limited way of looking at um, uh, 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 issues of either equity or efficiency actually in terms of access to uh, higher education. And that's clearly one of the things which those um, um, policies that I sketched out earlier on clearly don't take much account of, uh, of, of that. So the general point then that I want to, if you take away only one point from what I've uh, said, it is that distinctive policies, not much evidence at all of distinctive effects. And that clearly is a, a sobering um, lesson to learn, which, I mean, even in, even in, you know, social democratic Wales, which has had, you know, this succession of, of effectively Labour uh, administrations, with all, you know, I think, you know, good, good, uh, in intentions, the actual effects of the uh, policies that have been implemented have not, I mean, if, if we accept that face value, and, you know, I'm a, I can be as cynical as the, as the most cynical of you, but if we accept for the moment, you know, at face value, the, um, the, uh, the aims the, the, you know, the, the publicly announced aims of the policies that have been adopted, then we're a long, long way from fulfilling, from meeting those objectives, even in social, social democratic um, Wales. And it seems to me, I mean, and this is really to kind of simply, um, you know, reiterate um, some of the points that, that, that Sheila was making this morning about, um, you know, what, I mean, the way that I would put it is 
within that social democratic uh, tradition, then of course there are embedded notions of what, what social equity means. Some of the points that uh, Sheila uh, made, which has, I haven't got time, I won't, I won't go over again. But even also in terms of this notion of you know, planning versus the market, well, what kind of planning are we talking about? You know, leave, leave the market out of it. If we don't want a market, well, exactly what is it that we do want to do through state through state in, in intervention, and that certainly is, uh, is 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 not is not clear. One, f I know I'm over time. Uh, one final point to illustrate that point, right? All those policies about you know widening access in fairly conventional ways. At the same time, right, the Welsh government has introduced this Seren program, which is all about getting people into Oxbridge and other so-called elite. As Ian described them earlier on, elitist perhaps is uh, a better is a better description. Um, uh, universities, which seems to me uh, to kind of encapsulate well, what you know, that's one kind of widening access policy. But then you know, how does it relate to the other kind of policies that you know on the on the uh, the slide earlier on? And I would suggest finally, and I really am going to stop, Anne Marie, that. Those issues are clearly not specific to the Welsh case. Rather, the Welsh case illustrates the kinds of problems that any social democratic government that in the UK government context, that for example, the Labour Party, was going to have to sort out, well, if it ever gets around to thinking about higher, seriously about higher education, those kinds of problems, those kinds of ambiguities are the sorts of things that that, that such a government would have to uh, sort out. Thanks very much.